Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're listening to AI Audible, the new narrated article podcast from the Anfield Index podcast channel. New Ways to Win for Liverpool by Carl Kopak. There isn't much to be said for getting old. As the years roll by, Certain truisms land and hit you in the solar plexus. For example, it's looking increasingly unlikely that I'll ever play centre mid for Liverpool. Oh, don't give me that if you just got to the gym a bit more and stopped eating cheese nicety. It's just not happening. Liverpool have yet to give a debut to a 48-year-old. It's time to let the dream die. Nor will I ever manage the Reds or be drafted into Jürgen's staff. We need someone who knows about Britpop, Herr Kabak. In fact... My only role at Liverpool is one of a paying customer, and talking about them to anyone who listen. But there is one thing us grey and bald types have, something you young shavers cannot claim. We've seen things. I can remember Liverpool winning the league at Molyneux in 1976. I was seven years old. I remember watching us in Rome in 77. I know exactly where I was sitting when the radio said we were buying Kenny Dalglish, and I saw the 1979 side our greatest, play the Liverpool way. As I grew older, I started to witness the important incidents firsthand. I was 17 when we won the double, the perfect age for unlikely romances. I was on the cop for all but one of the mercurial 87-88 season when John Barnes invented perfection. He was yards from me when he celebrated that QPR goal. I was in the ground that day, breathing the same air. I lived it. And of course, I've sat through years of dross. Late Houllier, late Rafa, and Roy Hudson. With age comes experience. I have to remind myself of that when I read online comments during our games. Not everyone has seen the things we have and it must rankle. Mind you, at least they can stand up or sit down without emitting a low, constipated moan. Jesus, my back's giving me jip today. This brings me to Burnley and the reaction to it. The narrative lies around the words winning ugly and how we need to do that more often. But for me, it felt like nostalgia, like a firing synapse. Remembrances of shit games past. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, pray charge your glasses and join me in a toast to the shit win. My God, it's been a while. You can claim that as a game where we dug in or where we showed serious character if it makes you feel happy or as any judgment is coloured by the safety of three points... But let's be honest here, it was dreadful, and Liverpool were hopeless. Fearful tosh all round. If the Arsenal game was definitely maybe full of energy and vigour, then that nonsense was be here now. The bloated, phoning it in follow-up 
which reminded the world that we're not as good as we thought. See, Jürgen, knowledge of 1990s albums, just keep it in mind. That was dross. Absolute arse gravy. The football equivalent of two pints of lager. From Clavan and Matip pretending they'd never seen a ball before, to Emre's, whatever you want to call his first half performance, to the second worst midfield display at Anfield in living memory. Liverpool nil, Arsenal 2, September 2012. We simply stank the ground out. We gave a goal away, a pretty decent one I thought, but still seemed to think that a high defensive line is a good thing. We tried to wrestle the ball in midfield, but Emre and Lalala's boots are the weight of neutron stars. We tried to overrun them in wide areas, but are so inept that the Clarets are thinking about grabbing a second and resting people for their next game. Then came Ginny, and we remembered who we are, or at least who we can be. That goal felt like a release, and it was won against not only Burnley, but the people who conceded the points earlier in the week. Those who said a defeat was inevitable. Those who expect shit losses rather than the loving hug of a shit win. God, they annoyed me. Don't get me wrong, I'm no Pollyanna. I know how these things go. Eight years ago this week, Liverpool scored eight times against Real Madrid and Man United in the space of four days. A result before that? A defeat to Middlesbrough. Yeah, we've got previous. I get that. I too can look at the wins against Tottenham and Arsenal and wonder how the same set of lads can come up with the depravity of the Hull and Leicester performances. But come on, let's give up when the game's over, not while we still have a half to play. The only way to reverse that seemingly inevitable is to confound the narrative and drag the team with you, not sit and wait for the net to bulge in celebrations far off. Of course, once they scored it was a race to be the first to say I told you so. I appreciate that I'm a bit odd in this regard. When we were two down at Leicester, I kept thinking how great a 3-2 win was going to be. Ever the optimist, I was looking forward to the second half, when the Reds would come out angry and right the vicious wrongs of the first 45 minutes. I felt no smugness at this win, though. As it came from a man I just failed to understand, I can't make Emre Chan out. He's either very good indeed, or one man stuck in a pantomime horse costume, trying to do star jumps. It was a lovely goal, and he should be doing more of that, but he's a player to which the word logic seldom applies. Still, he beat his own level of self-confidence and took a shot where the safer ball was on, so that deserves praise. Oh, and thanks for the points, should say that. The shit win is a rare sight these days. I can't remember the last time we played so poorly and fell over the line, but there was a time when you'd see them regularly, it's a myth that the best Liverpool years were a never-ending display of dominance, reminiscent of the early 70s Ajax team or the Brazilians at their best. Every now and then we'd come off the pitch with a dodgy win and rueful grins. Example and name drop. During Rafa's final season, a few of us got to meet him after a win at Bolton, a game where their manager, Owen Coyle, inexplicably wore shorts in both the dugout and January. We watched Rafa conduct a live TV interview where he talked about a good win from a hard battle. When the cameras were off, he asked if we enjoyed the game while contorting his face into that of a man who had swallowed a pint of vinegar and Tabasco sauce. It was an absolute stinker and he knew it for what it was. But you know, three points. 2003-2004 was the season for the shit win. We were atrocious throughout the run-in, but somehow managed to lose only two of the last 11 games, one of which was Thierry Henry who battered us. 
but somehow crept into Champions League qualification. We did pretty well in that competition the following year, so that awful final game against Newcastle, anyone there should look into starting a support group, was the price that you paid for Shevchenko's missed penalty a year later. I just wish we as fans were not so polarised in our views at times. We're not the worst side in the world despite Hull, Wolves and Leicester. Nor are we the all-conquering legion which the performances against the big boys suggest. More than anything though, I'd like us not to give up, both on and off the pitch, when precedent dictates that we'll struggle. Not everything is dictated by the gods on Mount Olympus. Sometimes we can control our own fate. Just a thought. I love that it's old stagers like me and Carl who are sort of flying the optimism flag when all about us are younger men who are throwing their toys out of the pram left, right and centre. It's interesting, but Carl makes a good point. It's probably because we do have that muscle memory of what it was like to actually be good uh, on a regular basis. But the point in this one that stood out for me was the idea of what the shit win means, what it represents, how it's achieved. And Carl's dead right. There were seasons where we used to spawn our way to victory. Now, we wouldn't be just hideous, but we'd have been poor and we'd still get three points. And if you can't remember that, what you can remember if you're a younger gent or a lady is Manchester United and how they've done it for 20 years after we did. The exact same thing. They would stink the place out, especially in Europe, and somehow managed to come away with results. They would be wretched and still get the goal in the last three minutes. It became a cliche. In fact, if it doesn't happen now, we're surprised. And that is something that you train into a team over time. That is something that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They are going to win. That's what the opposition are thinking. They're just going to win. Oh God, here it goes. Now, as Liverpool fans, we're on the opposite side of that expectation level. It's, it's so revealing and such a... I think psychologists would have a field day with Liverpool Twitter during a match because... All you've got to do is see a little bit of a swing in the tempo of a game, in the possession stats, one or two little attacks, and the whole timeline is full of it. Here it comes. Ah, it's inevitable. Here's coming out. Ah, ah. People just falling over themselves to predict the worst because you know what? That has been the pattern. So there's something to be said for the shit win. And if the result at the weekend is some sort of a beginning uh, for the team to understand how to achieve that type of a, a result i will take it in fact i will take whatever it is 10 11 more of those between now and the end of the season and spawn our way completely unworthily into the champions league i think i'd enjoy that more you know thank you for listening to ai audible you can read this episode's article along with many others on anfieldindex.com you can download our ai channel app on ios and android you can find all our AI Audible episodes on Twitter at AI Audible and on AnfieldIndex.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.